0: Welcome to our podcast, Learning is Disruptible. Together, we will explore the intersection of disruptive innovation and education. When we say disruptible, we're not talking about the disruptive student who's causing chaos in the classroom. We're talking about the need, potential, and path for pursuing change.
1: Disruptive innovation is a business theory referring to when a new product or service competes with something offered by a larger, more established business and eventually replaces it.
0: The typical education system is so vast that it's almost impossible to change without starting something much smaller. Home schools, micro schools, and co-ops provide many opportunities to approach learning differently because each student can have customized learning experiences.
1: The world has and is changing drastically, yet our public education system has not. We hope to add to the conversation regarding a need for change, a need for disruption in the world of education. It's time to disrupt what you thought you knew about learning. We have Corinne Nelson on the show today. Corinne is a native Texan. She graduated from Brigham Young University in 1994 with a degree in child development. After graduation, she went to work for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the International Welfare Department in Salt Lake. She and her husband, Rick, have three children, two boys and a girl, and two beautiful granddaughters. Her husband is a structural engineer, and they have two companies that they own and run. Corinne also runs a nonprofit organization called Action Alliance International. They help set up apartments for refugee families coming into the DFW area. Corinne has been part of the BYU Alumni Organization for about seven years and has been the president for the last five years. She believes that service is essential, and the Alumni Organization has been very involved in refugee service projects since she's gotten involved. We hope you enjoy what she has to share with us today.
0: All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Learning is Disruptible podcast. We have a good friend on the podcast today named Corinne Nelson. Corinne and I have worked together for a number of years in the BYU alumni chapter for the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And by worked together, mostly I mean she's the chapter president, and sometimes I try to help, but I don't feel as useful as I might like to be. For those who did not attend BYU, which is probably most of our listeners, we hope this episode is still for you because any university is going to have an alumni group that you could participate in. And for BYU, I know that even if you didn't go there, we'd be happy to have you participate. So
2: 100%.
0: But we also wanted to talk about some of the stuff that BYU does because we feel like they they do some innovative things as well. So a lot of what we talk about in this podcast is innovation focused on homeschool and micro schools, but there's also innovation at the university level, and there's plenty of room for neat things to happen at that level, too, even though that may not be what we focus on a lot. But hey, let's let's touch it today. So welcome, Corinne.
2: Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here.
1: You want to start off by maybe just telling us a little bit about you and what you do with the BYU alumni group here?
2: Sure, I have been a part of the uh, BYU Alumni Association for about eight years. I have been the president for the last five, and we have a big chapter here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We have a lot of members of the church that are BYU alumni graduates. Um, we have one of the we have the biggest chapter in Texas, so that's been fun. We to get to be able to connect with a lot of people who are alumni or just friends of alumni, sometimes spouses of alumni or whatever. So, you know, there's there's a big group, which makes being involved in this area so much fun.
0: Awesome. Thank you. One of the benefits that you've shared a little bit in your role as chapter president has been to be able to connect with the university. So what do you feel like some of the impressive initiatives that Uh, You've seen out of BYU through those connections and things that you've been able to experience
2: over the last several years. BYU has really tried hard to increase enrollment. For one thing, it's you know that's always an issue at BYU. There's not enough spots. A lot of people want to go, and a lot of people don't get in, and it's challenging academically to to get into BYU. And they have really tried hard to increase enrollment at all of the BYU locations, not just Provo. They're trying to do all these different kinds of um, programs that will allow a lot more people to be a part of BYU, such as like their online programs are incredible. Like those have increased. I can't even begin to tell you. We'd have to look up those statistics, but they have so many more online programs At all of the campuses, which allow students just who don't attend in Provo, but can attend Provo classes or, um, well, I shouldn't say Provo. All of the BYU campuses now have online programs, which they can get degrees from, which is incredible. You get people all over the world who can attend those classes online. And they're starting to really work on getting um, graduate programs, not just um, bachelor's degrees, but graduate programs as well. And they're really focusing on other countries, trying to help people from a lot of South America, Africa. There's there's all kinds of programs that are going on, and they're targeting specifically those people to be able to help them. Right? They're kind of taking the programs that are and making them applicable to their situations, their areas, so that their studies apply to them, which has been incredible.
0: So about five or six years ago, I had been teaching for BYU-Idaho online for about four or five years. Mm-hmm. And at the time, they told us as remote instructors about an initiative that had been approved to allow all aspects of Church education to be established everywhere the church is organized, so that includes the high school programs, the undergraduate, the industry focused ones that you get out of what's now called Insign College and they they teased that eventually even some master's degrees were going to go online.
2: They are they're starting started the business school started that
0: yeah so and that's that's one that a lot of people would like so it, it's really fascinating to see that they're driving success on that initiative that was approved five or six years ago. And that seems really fast.
2: Yeah. The dean of the business school, she is incredible. And she comes here every year. So I get to meet with her at least once or twice a year. And she just Kind of explains her vision and how she really wants that to be global and worldwide. And they're doing a, the business school is also doing a program for specifically for women, the women who have started at BYU but didn't finish, be you know, got married, had families and for whatever reason did not finish. She's really pushing to let those women finish their degrees and have graduate programs just specifically for women.
0: Yeah, that's really good stuff.
1: So another part a big part of the alumni group that we understand is the scholarships that you guys fundraise for and then give out to local high schoolers that are headed off to BYU. So what impact have you seen um in those scholarships in you know, for those kids that get them?
2: It's amazing. Because we have we get so many applicants it's it's so hard to choose. We wish we could give them all a scholarship, but it's it's work to raise that money to give those scholarships, but the kids that receive them are always so incredibly grateful to get a scholarship. There are five essays that they have to write, and so that's the only way we get to know them right is through what they tell us through their essays and their stories are so incredible. A lot of them, like for example, this year, we, we were able to give out 10, $1,500 scholarships. It's the most we've ever given, which is so fun and so great. We love being able to do that. And one of the young men was a first generation. His father was, they both came from immigrant parents, first generation college student the family of, I think they had eight or nine kids in their family, and he was the oldest. So, first one to go to college in his family. And those are, those are the ones that we really, we really love to see succeed and want to, and be successful in their studies. But all of the kids that we award scholarships to, a lot of them, there is based on financial need and, we try to help those kids that really could use a little bit of help so they can just focus on their studies and not be so worried <laughs> all of them work you know it's not like they're we're just helping them completely we just give a little bit it's it's a partial tuition scholarship and they all work incredibly hard on top of their studies but we hope this will just help them give them a little bit of chance to focus more on their studies and have a little bit less of a financial worry.
1: That's great. So what benefits come for alumni and their families when they choose to stay connected to their alma mater?
2: Well, I think the whole purpose of the Alumni Association is to be connected, right? To, to alumni, to the students, to the campus. And most of that is done through activities, right? In, in various, like we love bringing down the performing arts groups, that come and sing and dance. We, we love hosting them. We love having those groups come. We love having our sports teams come. We love having the engineering department came and did a big project down here. We love having them come, the different colleges do different projects. I think that's another way we stay connected. I think there's so many benefits. We try to keep uh, connect people. BYU has launched a new app last year that connect alumni for jobs, you know, to try to help networking and positions, different ways to help people that are maybe looking for a different career or to advance or those kinds of things. I think they really try hard to keep people connected. And and obviously one of our big, the big things we do is to serve, right? And to serve our communities that we're in, And that is a big thing. Like they they launched the um, Inspired Learning Initiative, which has been incredible. Like most of the colleges now require the students to do an internship, which is outside of Utah or whatever school outside. A lot of them are outside of the country just to give them experience and to see what the potential that they can have and the difference they can make. And those that initiative has been incredible. Some of the projects that have been done by various colleges are
1: amazing. It's fun to see them. We mentioned earlier that I'm not a graduate from BYU, and so I've gotten to kind of join the group, the BYU alumni group, through Tony's association with it. And it has been so fun for me and the kids to get to know people too, and to I think it binds our family together in a, in a unique way, too, because instead of it just being dad's school, it becomes our school. When we've gone to visit family in Utah, we've gone and toured the campus and just had so much fun as a family doing that. And so I like that aspect of it, too, that family bonding that comes when we it's almost like learning our family history, right? It's you bet. Why is BYU so important to dad? And th- should it be important to me, too? So that's really fun. Absolutely. I think it's so fun.
0: That's really cool. So there's uh, several big events that happen throughout the year that the alumni organization puts on. So which one of these events is the most fun? And then maybe along with that, what are the challenges that come with putting on these events?
2: Well, it's hard. You're going to make me choose. We, <laughs> I we have we have so many fun things that we try to do. First and foremost, we have in the spring is our annual 5K which is our fundraiser for the year, our biggest fundraiser. That's how we earn all the money to give the scholarships out to the kids. And every, every penny of that goes all to the kids, to the scholarships, which is fun. We always have it at a, there's a beautiful park where families can come and play and just be fun. You can run, you can walk, you can, you know, it's, it's fun just to be together, right? We have a big pancake breakfast afterwards. We give awards out for our top winners. It's always fun to see the little kids. (laughs) They get so excited (laughs) when you give them a medal, and and that's just fun. It's fun to be together. Anytime we get together, it's it's fun, right? And we try to bring that spirit in. But that's probably our biggest activity for the year that we do every year. The springtime is always kind of busy. We always do a night at the Mavs basketball game, which is always fun. Sometimes we have, depending on who they play, we always try to get the Utah Jazz game. Sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't, but there's usually members and they'll come and we'll have them come up and the members can go down and talk to them after with the game. That's always kind of fun. We try to do that. At the end of April, we have our freshman send off. So all of the kids who got accepted to BYU, I invite them over to my house. It's always in my backyard and we throw them a barbecue which is just fun for them. We want them to get to know all the other kids that are in their area, right? So just so they know other people, we give them dinner. We teach them the fight song. We introduce them to mint brownies. (laughs) It's just fun. And we always have, I think the favorite part of the night is we bring down kids who just finished their freshman year. So usually the kids that came the year before... (laughs) to my house, come back to my house. And they talk to the kids and the kids absolutely love that because as if, you know, as still a senior, you have a million questions and we just give them time to ask those questions and kind of tell them about their experiences and what's dorm life like, what's the Cannon Center like, all these things and dating always comes up and classes and how to find a good teacher and this class or whatever. It's, they love that. That's kind of their favorite part of the night. And we do uh, get to know you games. So they get to know each other, which they also love. And it's just kind of a fun, fun night. We get them excited to, to be there and try to help them, to support them really to let them know about the alumni association. So they know that there's a resource because up in the fall, they get to meet us in April. That's always the end of April. But for homecoming week, I always go up and throw them a party, which is also a lot of fun. We call it Texas Roundup. And sometimes we do it with the other Texas chapters. And sometimes we just do it with Dallas because we have a huge group of kids from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I have the biggest chapter by far. So I kind of like to do it just with the Dallas kids because I get to know them better. And we have so many. <laughs> but it's just, easier to kind of do it ourselves. So, but we do it both ways. This year, we did it with everybody. The last couple years before that, I just did it uh, just with Dallas. So
0: that's really fun. Do you feel like the, that freshman send off more than just getting to know people sets people up for success as they head off to school for the first time?
2: Well, we certainly hope so. We hope we give them the tools and the knowledge that kind of they need takes away some of the, the fear. We, hopefully that's a little bit, part of it right we we don't want them to be as nervous and if we can answer questions or help them or give them resources that helps them get on track to where they can find the answers if we don't know that they can find the answers they need i think hopefully it makes them feel a little bit calmer about going and prepared and ready and excited
1: your most recent event that you guys hosted was a tailgate at the tcu tcu game there we go Tony and our oldest son were able to go and, and volunteer there and enjoy some of the activities you guys had and our 12-year-old came home saying I want to do BYU engineering. And so how do you create these events that help to inspire the next generation? We're talking about these seniors, but he's even a middle schooler that's seeing this and and becoming inspired to to go to BYU, to be a college student
0: and to do something challenging for that matter. I mean, motivating learners is like the perennial question. Anyone who cares anything about education, at least for kids, once once you're an adult and you're a learner, you can't stop them. It's like, no, I need to learn more. I don't know enough. But how do you help the kids?
2: Well, the tailgate, this is a, a kind of a new thing for us as far as being here. The last one we did was a few years ago at Baylor. But now here in to be. To have our own here at TCU, it was a big undertaking. Uh, it's months of planning with everybody involved, but we wanted to bring down, for example, the engineering college, education was here, the different colleges to come down. I think nursing was here too, to try to get people excited right especially these kids it makes is fun they each of the colleges brought different kind of activities and things cuz they want the kids to know what they can do a lot of times i think especially the younger kids even high school kids i won't even say that even high school kids don't know what they want to do right they're they're kind of uncertain and i think we bring down the different colleges we invite the different colleges to the tailgate to show them what is possible This is what you can do with an engineering degree. And a lot of times they haven't even thought about that, right? Or, you know, some of them are a little like nursing's a little more self explanatory, but the sciences, math, there's so many things you can do. And I just don't think they realize what is possible. And so we hope we can show them and give them some ideas of what they could and can
0: do. When I was the complaining high school kid, we'd be learning something or, and we oh i'll never use this in real life and of course that's total lack of imagination on what's even possible to use there's all kind of stuff that you can use in real life you just you're not even smart enough to know the questions to ask and maybe that's an education problem but it's also just not being exposed to enough things yet
2: yes so that's that's the goal right to to give them exposure to different kinds of things and opportunities to broaden their horizons, oh, make them think, and give them some ideas of what is
0: possible. Yeah, that's awesome. So one of the things I also know you're involved with is the Action Alliance. So this is a total change of gears, but uh, tell us what the action, action Alliance is and what they do. I've just touched it very superficially, and I know it's a really big project. So tell us how it came about and what, what's been able to be accomplished.
2: You bet. We... Chose Action Alliance International because that is a nonprofit that a good friend of mine, Linda Cotton, and I started in 2018. It started mostly, we did work out in Guatemala with different kinds of projects, education. We have three preschools down there. We have found we focus on the little kids because we serve in rural Guatemala. And most of the kids uh, do not speak Spanish. They speak a native language of Quechacol. And school, the limited, very limited school that is available in Guatemala is only taught in Spanish. And so these rural kids do never end up going to school because they don't speak Spanish. And so we have these preschools, three different preschools in three different areas, rural villages that help these little kids learn Spanish so they can go to school. And I think it's, it's huge because a lot of times the kids, for most of them, if they make it through the fifth grade, that is huge. A lot of them don't go past that. But if they learn enough Spanish, they can help their parents. A lot of them end up being translators. They, they help their parents in a huge way. And a lot of them don't finish because they end up working. They have to go to work. And most of them work in the fields. So we focus a lot on those sweet little kids. They're my favorite. <laughs> we, we love those little preschool kids to hope to give them a chance. And we also have a women's empowerment program, which the women who can't work, don't have any skills, no education. We teach them a skill that will allow them to provide for their families sewing, for example, or making tortillas or, you know, cooking some something that gives them some kind of skill that can provide for themselves. And we also have an elderly program that helps give basically nutrition to the elderly who no longer can work. So it has been incredible. I've spent a lot of time in Guatemala, which I absolutely love the people. And when COVID hit, in 2020, we couldn't go, right? Every, everywhere shut down, Guatemala especially, was hit hard. It was devastating. It was so hard because a lot of people died. They couldn't feed themselves. No one could work. It was so hard to watch. And so we couldn't do really anything. And we got we saw a huge influx in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of refugees, most of them coming from Afghanistan. Most of these people have helped the U.S. uh, government in some way. They were bodyguards or translators or somehow they did some type of work for the military. And so the government, the U.S. government brought them over um, to keep them safe. And we just, hundreds and hundreds of refugees have come into this area. And so we kind of shifted gears and have really focused on helping these refugee families get settled here. So we set up um, their apartments before their arrival. Like we gather donated furniture um, and household goods, and we go in before they arrive and set up their, give them a house, basically <laughs> set up an apartment for them. And we've set up hundreds of apartments now. It's it's been an incredible opportunity to serve the community and really these refugees they arrive with nothing literally nothing if they're lucky a backpack and that's all that they possess when they arrive here so it's it's been so gratifying the BYU alumni we've done several service projects with them and it is been humbling to see the response of the the alumni in supporting that and being able to just serve them and love them and help them to
1: feel safe. And that has been huge. That's awesome. So for those in our audience who are listening and wondering, like, well, I'm an alumni of whatever school they attended. How do I find an alumni group? What would you, what would you say?
2: If you get on Google, (laughs) just do an internet search. If you type in BYU alumni, like if it's alumni.byu.edu, It will take you to all of the organizations. So there's professional organizations. There's your college that you graduated from. All those have organizations, your general alumni group. You could be involved in many different alumni organizations, which will help you connect. And I'm sure every university and college has the same. I would just search for that under whatever college that you wanted to.
0: Yeah. I know Dallas-Fort Worth has a great business school alumni group as well, and the law alumni are here for BYU. They do. And so I know both of those are around here. And again, most major and good universities are going to have those kind of connections. So
2: They will. Yes, all of them will. For any of our
0: listeners that aren't BYU fans or alumni, even though we've been talking about BYU and some of the things related to our university, lots of universities are trying to be more innovative and to reach more people. And so there's certainly challenges with doing higher ed well, but there's also a lot of people working on those challenges. So it's, it's a neat time to, to be connected in it, to education and to be at least a small part of the group that's trying to work on it to make it better. So
2: It is. The dean of um, education came down for the tailgate, and they're really trying to push different programs here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area through the BYU alumni. So it's going to be exciting to see. We're going to be doing lots of different projects with them
1: over the next couple of years.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: So is there anything coming up with the alumni group that you can spill the beans on and and share what's coming? <laughs> we are continuing like we will still continue to do all of the
2: same wonderful activities that we have done will be as those details of the education and co- like the different colleges for example engineering and education and nursing is also wanting to do some things here. So as we get all those details ironed out, we will absolutely share them. We hope a lot of people, as many people, BYU alumni or not, (laughs) everyone can be involved. And that is really, it's helping our kids, right? It's all education-based. There's going to be some book drives and some, all all kinds of fun stuff on the horizon.
1: Awesome. So tell us too, where we can find the alumni group on like Facebook and those kinds of things. You guys have a website, I know.
2: We do. Our website is dfwbyualumni.com and that will have all of our local activities, things that are coming to Texas. I always will have those up there so everyone can see. We have our Facebook page which is uh DFW BYU alumni cougars and friends and our Instagram is DFW.BYU
1: Cougars and dot friends I think. Well, anything that we didn't cover that you feel like our audience should know about alumni groups, about service opportunities. We've touched on a lot of things tonight. Well, I
2: I would encourage if I had any words, I would just encourage you to be involved because it's a lot of fun and it doesn't have to be a huge time commitment. You can be as involved as little or as much as you want, but there's always something to be involved in. And I think of one of the models at BYU is enter to learn, go forth to serve. And that is so broad, right? We serve in so many different ways and everybody can contribute no matter what. It doesn't matter what college you graduated from, <laughs> what everybody can serve and make a difference in the community. And that's what we want to do is to just be involved as much or as little as you can.
0: Thanks everybody for listening today to the Learning is Disruptible podcast. Be sure to share the episode with a friend, subscribe to the show and leave us a five-star review. Have a great day.